0: Lisa, because of your outstanding score on yesterday's big test, you're being immediately moved up to the third grade.
1: She's not so great. She got diarrhea when we went to Carlsbad Caverns.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bart, since you like attention so much, I have a second announcement. I was going to tell you this privately, but... Because of your incredibly low test score, we're sending you back to third grade. Wait, wait, it,
1: huh? What? I gotta be in the same class as her. What? I gotta be in the same class as him? Huh? They're gonna be in the same class as each other? Four finger discount, dude.
0: Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review episode 3 of season 14. It is episode DABF20, Bart versus Lisa versus the 3rd Grade. I'm Dando. I'm Guy. Nice to be here, as always, with my man Dando. Uh, how are you travelling there, sir? Doing okay? Yeah, doing very, very well. we still got lockdown here in Victoria. We're in minor lockdown, but I'm doing well. Holly had her first day of daycare today, which Ooh. was a pretty big deal. I saw you liked the photo, so you were well aware of this, but it was kind mm-hmm. of... It was not stressful. I was just sort of worried for her because she she went to daycare for like a test for like an hour last Thursday whilst Nicola hung around. Yeah. But after about half an hour, she was like, I don't want this anymore. I want my mommy. I want to go home. So Nicola <laughs> brought her back home. So I was really concerned. She went seven hours a day. No issue at all. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she's
1: such a little trooper.
0: I know, right? So it's just cool because Nicola's (laughs) going to go back to work this week as well, finally. So she's excited for that. It's all happening here at the Dando household. So good times ahead. What about yourself? Uh, (laughs) Nowhere near as eventful
1: as your weekend, Dando. Uh, I will give a shout out to Margaret Mary Davis, the woman who gave birth to me some uh, half century ago. It was her 91st birthday on the weekend. And uh, to quote uh, the great movie Bad Santa, Granny is spry. (laughs) She's a... Mum's in good shape for, uh, for for the big nine one. She's uh, She was looking good, uh, sharp as a tack as ever. Me and the lovely Louise went over, probably broke a few rules in doing so, but uh, that's between you, me, and the many, many listeners. Don't tell anyone. Uh, but no, a nice weekend all round. Thank you very much.
0: Did you book the Ramones to play at a birthday party? <laughs> Go to hell, you old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously don't mean her
1: though, obviously. <laughs> Mint in, the, mint in the sweetest possible way, of course. We, we,
0: yes, we, we love Mrs. Davis and her. What's the food she cooks for Christmas lunch that no one likes, but she still cooks it anyway? Oh, the rice salad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> A day's going to come when we're going to miss that rice salad, I know.
0: <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So we're here to review Bart versus Lisa versus the third group. Before then, just want to thank you all for tuning in. We do appreciate your support. I uh, Also want to give a shout out to everyone who rated and reviewed us in the iTunes Store on the Apple Store. Apparently, it's called now Apple Podcast, not the iTunes yeah. Store anymore. It's now Apple Podcast. Apple, tell me specifically. You must say rate and review on Apple Podcast. <laughs> so that's what I shall do going forward. So thank you to everyone who's made uh, made the effort to do that. Also thank you to everyone who's followed us on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is at Four Finger Pod and Instagram at Four Finger Discount. And thank you to everyone who signed up to Patreon this week. I'll give you guys a shout out in a few moments. But Mr. Davis, Bart versus Lisa versus the third grade. I really enjoyed this. I mean, this had it had its moments where it was kind of like eye rolling, but I fought for the whole, a fun story that I was surprised took this long to do. It's a very basic, simple premise. I can't believe it took fourteen seasons to get to it.
1: I'd say it's it, it's it's a clever one, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, one one on the way up, one on the way down, each having their own uh, difficulties with it. Look, I won't say it's one of my favourite episodes of the uh, more recent ones that we've done, but. I thought it very much sort of fell off a cliff at the end, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, a sort of a third act. What? <laughs> I mean,
0: what was that? Nowhere near <laughs> as bad as the the prisoner kind of third act. The thing was for me is the only, not the only flaw, but the the one big nitpick I had for this episode was, so they rolled down this hill, watched the school mm-hmm. bus drive away, and then all of a sudden they're lost. I was like, why didn't you just walk back up the hill? Hill, Yeah. <laughs> But if you put that aside, I still, I, I enjoyed it. it. It felt a little bit rushed at the end. I'll admit that though. Yeah. Uh, and I think
1: one issue I had with it is, and it, it may be a fairly serious quibble actually, a lot of the jokes went really landing. or And a lot of the jokes weren't even really jokes. Okay. In, for, for example? I think when Homer is, you know, in the midst of his satellite TV binge and saying something like, homosomal robots, so like us. I'm like, it's not really a joke, is it? It's more like a yeah. pla- it's kind of a placeholder line, or a, not even that. It's an observation, and I think this epi- this episode was very heavy on observations rather than jokes. And expecting the the viewers at home to kind of go, oh, yeah, it is like that. Basically, turning this all into homers. I would prefer you told jokes, Simpsons, as opposed to <laughs> um, yes, make these kinds of observations about everyday life and popular culture and such.
0: But, I yeah. didn't mind. I actually quite enjoyed the setup with the, getting the satellite TV appeal because it reminded me of when we got Foxtel for the first time as kids and how oh, excited yeah. we were. And we legitimately just like stayed in front of the TV for weeks on end. Just didn't do anything else. <laughs> it was just I just the first thing I remember doing was trying to find Fox8 to watch The Simpsons because I when I was a kid my two things were wrestling. WWF, I watched WWF in particular, wrestling and The Simpsons. And we, they used to have this friend from work. He worked at Candy Footwear and every Tuesday night, he would take a VHS tape and they would tape on Fox Sports on Tuesday nights, the WWF Raw, and then he'd bring it to work the next day for that. And I'd, I remember Wednesday was like wrestling day for me. I'd get home from school oh, and that, that afternoon was wrestling day, you know, but then we got Foxtel. <laughs> you know, every Tuesday night, I was allowed to stay up a bit later because we used to air at eight 8.30 on a Tuesday. So 8.30 to 10.30, in front of the TV with my dad, my Uncle Noel, and my mate, Daniel Jones, who I mentioned on our recent South Park episode. Uh, my best oh, mate right when is. I was a kid. His dad's a mad wrestling fan as well. So they would like all come down. It was like everyone came to my house because we were the only ones of our <laughs> friends that had Foxtail and we'd all watch wrestling on Tuesday night. It was the best. Yeah, so it's a good memory for me. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I, I can understand your, you saying though that the jokes were a bit flat at certain times. I completely agree. I did think though, so moving Lisa up and, and Bart down, This would have been a good chance to pull a South Park and actually have them change classes and introduce a whole new Mm -hmm. dynamic, new characters, a whole new aspect to the show. But then I thought more and I went, yeah, but you know what? They've invested 14 seasons already in all the other characters. A change like that now, whilst it could work, I think it probably would have been suicide because everyone who watched the first 14 seasons would have gone, no, no thanks. Exactly.
1: And the show definitely knew this because, uh, to quote Mr. Seymour Skinner, Nothing works better than the status quo.
0: <laughs> but that's it's been like that since the start, though. I actually read a couple of reviews on this episode of people saying, oh, of course I go back to the status quo. But I went, have they not been doing that since episode one?
1: There are never going to be any major alterations to the way the Simpsons live their lives. I mean, I know you talked recently about, what was the episode where I think Homer might have got fired from the from the power plant or something. Maybe it was a, 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 Homer's a classic. Homer's Odyssey? Was episode. that
0: the, when we did a re- revisited classic one? It may that have been, one?
1: yeah, but but you were talking about, wouldn't it be great if, you know, he did get fired? And look, maybe it would, but at the same time, I don't know. I th- I think having certain things
0: in place mm. is part of the comfort and joy of The Simpsons. You nailed it right there. So I've got here the exact same word that Simpsons is one of the most iconic comfort food television shows. It's comfort TV. Yeah it's they've established this universe that you might not even like the episode so much but just having the simpsons on is comforting and if you change that dynamic no not going to work you would be in the discomfort zone
1: highway to the comfort zone
0: there we go (laughs) <laughs> oh man But uh, Yeah But overall though I, I did enjoy this I will admit that the last act Lacked a little bit But one of my favourite moments Came from the last act And you're probably going to Roll your eyes as to why It was one of my favourite moments But I just got a good Chuckle out of it So saying okay. that Mr Davis Let's get into oh. our favourite moments Hey
1: My favourite
0: Alright So what's your favourite moment From the episode Mr Davis <laughs> One
1: bit that I did get A substantial laugh out of um, Was I believe it was Skinner Showing up at the uh, The Simpsons house uh, and announcing that the kids were missing, and I think it was Homer who said, "You can fool us. We're from the learned to
0: fart state." <laughs> but see, people, uh, and one of the patrons, I think it was Brian Hughes, commented saying, "Oh, this is going to be a dando nitpick." And I went, "Why?" And he goes, "Well, how would Homer know it's a learn to fart state if he wasn't there with Bart?" Ah, good point. And what I said, think? "I said, okay. See, see, you've changed me now. So I try to think of loopholes and ways around this. So I think either." It's a running gag that Bart and Homer already have and he and he simply took advantage of the situation uh, with the flag and did that. It's a running joke. Oh, what was my other reason? I can't remember my other reason. But they both they they both made kind of sense. They both what see what the comment what <laughs> to, the people, to you. The, what the writers and the and the, the people, the staff on the show do on the commentaries is they, they bring up these potholes and try and think of hypotheticals to get around it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> and I did have one other bit that I
1: like. Well actually yeah. I had an I had two other bits that I liked, but one of them mm-hmm. might trip up a trivia question that I've got. So okay. I'll keep that I'll keep that in my back pocket for now. But I did like the 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 crew of cool kids in their jalopy in Capital
0: City who were just insulting Bart. It didn't really go anywhere for me though. I expected something to happen and nothing happened. It was just like okay. No, no. I mean <laughs> But for some reason, I dug
1: it. I, you know, yeah, they, that's very, they, it's fine, yeah. They did this lame insult and they came back and, you know, did a double burn. I don't know. I just thought it kind of cool. It was, it was just like, oh,
0: they just, they just burned him again. Okay. Yeah, that, that's it. Not seeing him again. That's it. That's all. What do you got for me, Dando? I thought you would have liked it, and I liked it, There, I've got a quick way to make money with no risk. And the winner is no risk. <laughs> no risk. <laughs> and... Call me crazy, but I love the hillbilly saying, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> uh, no one understands I, you, she-bear. I, I like knew you were into she-bear. <laughs> just, just the, there she goes again, ra rah, rah.
1: rah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess
0: it was just a delivery. It just, It just tickled me. I liked it. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, you mentioned trivia before. It is now time for some trivia, Mr. Davis. I'll let you kick off. What do you got for me? Oh, fantastic! Mm. Where did Lisa get diarrhea? Where did Lisa get diarrhea? She got it at Carl's. It's a place, Carlsbad. Uh, mm. we've, I remember we'd been to Carlsbad, Carlsbad Caverns.
1: That is correct. Nice yeah. work, Dando.
0: We went. We stayed at Carlsbad. We went to San Diego uh SeaWorld. Nice. My first question is, the rhino lost the tribe's what on Animal Survivor? Their fishing gear. Correct. Hmm. I watched Australian Survivor last
1: night uh, while we were waiting for another show, in all honesty. The lovely Louise came over and we hung out, ate pasta, watched TV, drank wine. Very nice evening, by the way. Um, Great date night. It was, it was. But we were watching Survivor, which... I think Lou watches occasionally, but I've never watched, and I think they're about halfway through the season. Honestly, trying to make head or tail of it, and uh, no, nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Listen, as if you see this, Guy's face there, it was pure disgust. <laughs> no, what's all that about? <laughs> anyway, so there's not much of a, a story to that story other than Guy watched Survivor and was unimpressed.
0: Anyway. I, remember, I remember back in the early, early 2000s, I'm talking 2001, 2002, cause my mum's all about reality shows, loves it. And I remember I used to watch it with her, and things like Big Brother and Survivor and that kind of thing. There was one called The Bowl as well. Remember The Mole? Yeah, I remember The Mole. And we I remember just being so invested where I I hated certain people and I really wanted someone else to win and they didn't win. <laughs> I get really disappointed. I was like, wow, we But I just I, I watch it now and think how was I ever invested in this? Well, there was this guy on
1: Australian Survivor last night who was saying, "I'm a double agent working between teams." And you know, he's really putting on this very kind of I'm the villain accent or 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 tone to his voice. I'm like, I think you might be a douchebag, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend Australian Survivor, but eh, look, I'm sure uh, there are but people out there. Animal Survivor, on the other hand, Animal Survivor, on the other hand, a ratings winner, must see TV. <laughs> um, is it my is it my turn to ask you a <laughs> question? Turn, Dan, yeah,
0: then? yeah your t- yes. next question.
1: Okay, then. what is the surname of the governor?
0: Oh, that's Governor Bailey. She's from the episode One Fish Two Thresh. One fish, oh. two fish, three fish. No, no, that's the wrong episode. No, what? <laughs> two, two eyes in every fish. Well, three eyes in every fish. Two cars in every garage, or something like that. It's the episode where Mister Burns goes against her for, for governor, and Mister Burns has to eat Blinky the fish, and he spits oh, it what? out, and he loses his. Um... Is that the one with your your um your campaign? Is all the momentum of a runaway freight train? Yes, that is that one. Uh, ah,
1: yeah. why are you so popular? What am I? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just love that. Why Why are you so popular? <laughs> why are no, you so good. popular?
0: It's, it's two cars in every garage, three eyes in every fish. I finally oh, fucking got it out.
1: <laughs> good for you. Well, I'm sorry. I, I figured that she was... This may have been the first time we uh, encountered
0: Governor Bailey. Well, she what, was voiced what? by Maggie Roswell the first time. And it's weird because Tress McNeil voiced her here, but yet Maggie Roswell was back as a staff member by this point. It's just bizarre that they would get a different yeah. person to voice her. Who knows? I, I just... The one thing that I liked that I couldn't
1: mention earlier was her cry scream upon seeing the 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 flag was something I
0: just found very funny. So, ah! <laughs> what it sounded like Agnes? Yes, but <laughs> she's the voice of Agnes, right? Let me just double check that. Double check Agnes that. Agnes Skinner voice. Let me just double check. I'm pretty sure she is. I'm certain she is. Yeah, Tress McNeil Agnes Skinner. So that's why it sounds like mm. Agnes Skinner. <laughs> okay. But the few of the reviews I read were complaining, uh, saying that they feel like Tress McNeil's voices all sound the same. She can't really differentiate. A lot of range. Okay. Yeah. I, I get that, but still, uh, still, like you said, the laugh was very funny. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. All right, next question for next qu- me from you. Yes. Yeah, what's the name of the third grade teacher? I too was going to ask this. Okay. Audrey McConnell. Mm-hmm, McConnell, Mrs. McConnell. Mrs. McConnell.
1: Was she Mrs. McConnell? That's a shame. She was kind of a cutie. <laughs> she is not a drinker or a slut. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. Know. I was like, golly, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, you'll probably get this uh, immediately, but uh, uh, what was the the logo on
0: Japanese Chandler's sweatshirt? Uh it was the. Oh, all I know is the delivery of could I be any more Japanese? Oh, wait, reggae. <laughs> Reggae, reggae hairstyle, rock and roll—is that right? You, you got it. Yes, reggae's gay. Yeah. Could I be
1: <laughs> any more Japanese? <laughs> oh, you are the emperor of last year. <laughs>
0: I, I, I really enjoyed that parody. I thought it was good. So did I, actually. <laughs> oh man! All right. My next question is: If you get this, you officially win trivia for season fourteen already. All right. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah, okay. What is the code or the the sort of like the the order in which the answers are in the test that Bart reads out? They they follow oh, the same. Oh come, <laughs> come on, man! Come on, man! B C B C A A B B C C D False False True William Jennings Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you.
1: I mean, you're a gamer, aren't you? You you much of a gamer? Not. At no, all, okay. no. Oh, okay. I, I bought yeah. a
0: PS4 just so I could play the rebooted Crash Bandicoot game, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I keep meaning to sort of get into them. Uh, Lou's uh, eldest, uh, eldest son is a bit of a gamer. Uh, also, my man Liam, shout out to uh, Liam. I hope he's listening. Um, he mm-hmm. keeps saying, come on and game. I need to teach you how to do it. I'm like, oh, dude, I've got no hand-eye
0: coordination, and you'd lose what little respect you had for me. So, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> See, the thing is, but for me, I used to play video games I mean, a lot when I was a kid. But I, oh, never, I, was into, yeah. I was never into the first-person shooter games. My, a lot of my friends got into them. Like, There's games like Halo and Goldeneye and stuff like that. And I was never really good at them. And because I was never good, I just went, oh, I don't like them. Why would I spend time playing something I'm not good at? I don't like it. Yeah. So I just, I just stuck with the platform games like the Crash Bandicoots and the Spyros and the Sonics and things like that, the simple ones. Mm. And then when it came to PS3, I remember I never bought a PS3. And that was about the era, the PS3 era is where the uh, first-person shooter games really came into play you had your your real Call of Duties and that kind of thing. And I just got so far behind the pack that (laughs) by the time PS4 came out, I was like, what's the point? Because I'm just so bad. And I wasn't enjoying them anymore because I would go on. And there was this Star Wars Battlefront game that my friend bought for me for my birthday. I would literally start playing. Within 10 seconds, I'm getting sniped from the corner. And I'm like, this isn't fun. (laughs) This this isn't fun. (laughs) Why why would I bother playing games anymore? And I just think, because I'm so far behind everybody else now, There's no way I could ever catch up. So, what's the point? You've pretty much summed up my feeling about gaming.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm like, uh, I might just see if I can buy like a secondhand Mortal Kombat machine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like an arcade game on eBay and just play that forever.
0: (laughs) Speaking of the Simpsons arcade, the original Konami arcade machine has now been given the Arcade 1UP treatment. So, Arcade 1UP are cabinets that are emulators, but they're designed to look like the original cabinets. And you can get them at, you can get them at um, I think uh, Pop Culture's going to be stocking them soon as well, but you can get them at JB, Harvey Norman, that kind of thing. And there's a Simpsons one coming out. So if any Simpsons yes. fans out there that they want the original arcade game, personally, I think you are better off just spending the extra like $1,000 and just getting a custom-made arcade machine that has like 20,000 games as opposed to the it's $1,000 for the one game. But yeah. anyway, it's a novelty <laughs> nonetheless. My Absolutely. final question, my final question. Oh, actually, you've got one more question for me, then I'll answer my final one. Ask my okay, when was the satellite dish actually installed? That was September. <laughs> that was a great gag. See, that this is that's what I mean. This whole setup is so true. That's what happened. They they hmm. like when you have an issue with your foxtail box, they'll go, You must be available between nine to five, Monday to Friday. I'm like, What? <laughs> give, <laughs> give me your time, motherfucker. I'm like this. Yeah, we could exactly. be here any time between ten and seven in the next three weeks. I'm like yeah. what I have <laughs> I Foxtel and
1: cheap. I've got to go work at my job to pay for the Foxtel.
0: Exactly <laughs> yeah. right. My final question is, what is the bird that is the logo of Capital City? And what pasta was it eating? It was eating bow tie pasta. Mm-hmm. And was it a robin of some description? I thought it was sparrow. It could have been robin, but it was a certain type of robin or sparrow. It
1: was, yeah, I want to say red-breasted. Think, think of small pigs. Well, I always think of small pigs. Um <laughs> What are they called? Hamlets. I thought they were called potbelly pigs. Oh okay. <laughs> there are little potbelly pigs, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um so it was a potbellied
0: So it's pot bellied So it's a potbellied sparrow? <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was sparrow. It could have been Robin. I wrote sparrow for whatever that's worth. <laughs> I am gonna trust you. I I, tr- I trust you, Dando. So you know, you I think
1: you won this round, man.
0: All right. So that is trivia for Bart versus Lisa versus the third grade. We'll be right back with our review after this short break. It's shout out time here on the podcast. First of all, we want to give shout outs to our new $100 patrons this month going out to Sarif and Chris Dixon. Thank you so much. Also, we've got some other $100 patrons, Timothy Belson, Brian from Boston, Chris Reynolds, and Jonathan Rossi. Two thumbs up to you guys. Also, shout outs to our other $20 patrons Dylan Haggart, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Andrew Zer, Kane Von Nagy, Christopher Derby, Joel Yoland, Jordan Moleman Richie, Katie G, Nick Barbero, Daniel Kotnik, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, Matt Thompson, George McMenamy, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Ben Smith, Sean Devy, Bella Windebank, the iconic June Fucking Richards, Nick Patterson, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, and Groundskeeper Noah. Also, shoutouts to our new $5 plus patrons this week, Andrew Dawson, Ross Thompson, Robert Romanus, and Sarah Gross, or gross, not too sure there. So, thank you, Sarah. Don't forget, if you do enjoy the show and want to show your support, the best way is by being a Four Finger Discount Patron, where for as little as $1 per month, you get access to exclusive podcasts, including bonus Simpsons reviews of classic episodes, Movie reviews, early access to all the shows we do here, access to our Facebook community, prize draws, monthly Zoom calls with Guy and myself, and much, much more. So join the Four Finger Discount family today at patreon.com slash discount. But for now, enjoy our review of Bart versus Lisa versus the third grade. The original air date of Bart vs. Lisa versus The Third Grade was November 17th in the year 2002. It was written by Tim Long, directed by Stephen Dean Moore. Chalkboard gag, fish do not like coffee. The blackboard gag is back. It's been a while. It is back. It's been a long while, hasn't it? Yeah, I feel like I haven't seen one for ages. I've just mm. sort of forgotten about them. <laughs> but the uh, the couch gag was a good one. I really like this one, the Get Smart parody. A surprisingly long and faithful Get Smart tribute. Yeah, obviously this, this story or this episode ran short because we had the full-length intro and a really long couch gag. So they wasted about, I think it was like almost two minutes of the episode was just the start, yeah. Yeah. So the episode kicks off with the family all watching Animal Survivor and what was the <laughs> other one? Touch the stove. I really liked that. Touch the
1: stove. <laughs> Touch the stove. Because <laughs> when was, this is what, 2002, did you say? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we get as we've talked about in the past, we're getting the rise of those stupid shows, slightly mean and yeah, and, and dumb spirited reality shows. Yeah, so
0: yeah, touch the stove was very, very much in keeping with that kind of thing. What's funny and somewhat sad is that you almost feel like they're taking the piss out of reality shows at this point, thinking they're not going to last forever, but they yeah. have become they have actually become the normal now. It's it's insane.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly on commercial TV. Yeah, I mean they're not really doing
0: scripted drama or comedy anymore. It's all about you know, my kitchen rules followed by the block followed by yeah. gardening ground force or something. It's just all the same.
1: Cooking, building, falling in love, or I don't know, yeah. surviving in the surviving in the wild outback. <laughs> nice one, survivor.
0: Surviving unrealistic <laughs> situations. <sighs> <laughs> and and you, know, you know what we do now. It's like we've realised. All right, people are sick of seeing people average Joe Schmoes, out in the jungle. Let's throw B grade celebrities out there.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. That um, that SAS show's coming back, which I didn't watch the first time around.
0: I don't even know what that is.
1: <laughs> oh, there's one on Channel Seven where they you know, get a bunch of uh, a bunch of B listers and C listers to basically go through a an SAS drill drill course. And of course they get yelled in the face. Oh, you think you're hard, do you? No, I'm I'm Merrick from American RossO. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, I think I think Merrick actually
0: was on the last one and, and did okay. So they've yeah. So they watched the various reality shows, and I. So as I mentioned earlier, it's like they were taking a piss out of themselves here. Stupid writers mm-hmm. and actors pricing themselves out of the business. I was about to say, when was the Simpsons salary dispute? <laughs> or that would have been probably two thousand I think it was just before the movie, probably about two thousand and five ish. I think.
1: Oh, okay then. <laughs>
0: But they they were certainly not getting paid as much as they were worth at this point in the series for sure. Indeed.
1: By the way, also a, a bit of a fan of Homer's line. Eh, I've grown. You haven't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bart suggests that they get a satellite dish so they can watch some quality television. And like you said, it's the, the free to air stations. The basic stations are all full of shit. I mean, let's be honest. Pay TV is not that much better. But there's just mm-hmm. there's more there's more variety of shit. Not any yeah.
1: <laughs> What's that? Have you ever heard of this? Um, it's called Sturgeon's Law. No 90 percent of everything is crap.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, that, that does make perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, it
1: it does. <laughs> By the way, when Bart suggests that they get uh, satellite TV, does Marge say what? Get back, honky cat. Yeah, something like that. It was something bizarre. Yeah, bit of an Elton John shout out, which like, I don't know. I I sometimes find it funny when Marge does things like that, but other times I'm like. Would Marge do that? Would Marge really do that? Mm, yeah, I, yeah, so, I guess it's kind of corny, the...
0: so it kind of fits the character. I guess so. This was one of those occasions when I'm like, really? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but she says it's too expensive. Basically, how this goes down this scene is exactly what happened in the Dando household when I was about eight. I want Foxtail. And Dad's like, yeah, let's get Foxtail. Mom's like, it's too expensive. But Marsha, Marsha, you can't put a <laughs> price on the machine that's going to raise our children. <laughs> 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 So Homer says the the whole no risk thing. I thought this was very funny. It reminded me of the devil's advocate gag. I did not expect this at all. Oh, the no hope? I expect the no risk. I expected them to go to the the dog track. I expected that to come. But then when (laughs) the dog was actually called no risk, I was like, well played. I did not see that (laughs) one coming. (laughs) They then go to order the satellite dish and they say you're going to be available Monday through June. Cut to September. That was... Very neat little bit of editing, by the way. Yes, I love that. <laughs> very good. Flanders is very impressed with the satellite TV. He already had a satellite dish. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed with the, his use of the term "Jim Dandy Roof Candy." <laughs> Jim Dandy Roof Candy. He had a lot of good sayings. Oh, I like the pre per view. <laughs> hey, Flanders, check out my new satellite dish. Boy, that's Jim Dandy Roof Candy. I'd love to come over sometime and watch that Church Channel. I bet you would. Oh, you'd win that bet. Seems like I'm spending all my money on religious pay-per-view, or as I like to call it, pray-per-view. Damn your sparkling wordplay! And bless your humble home! <laughs> so Homer uh, is now installing the satellite dish, red wire to red wire, and then we get back. Is, is that still much of
1: a thing these days, or is it all HDMI cables? Is it, is it HDMI or
0: HDMI? HDMI, I think. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of HTML. I've heard of HTML, which is when you're typing. I don't know, like, oh, that's the, that. Oh, that's that's code. Yes. Yeah, code for a computer. Not HTML. I don't know what that is. Is that a thing? HTML? No, I think I, I think I, made it up. I think, I, I, think I, <laughs> I think I, I think I mistook the. I wasn't wearing my glasses, and I mistook the L for an I, or the other way around. I was sticking off the H D. <laughs> But so uh, with Foxtel, if you want to get the free to air stations, you still have to have these other random plugs plugged in, not just the HDMI. Yes. It's yeah, bizarre. Yeah, you've, got have, you've got to have you've gotta have your colour coded ones. Which Yes. But as Bart says, Lord let there be crap, and we see the signal going up to the satellite and there's monkeys up in the sky. Sees the oh,
1: poor monkeys. Felt yeah, very bad monkeys. for the
0: monkeys. I hate seeing I say I hate seeing any living creature being mistreated, but especially monkeys. We're very, very
1: close to them on the evolutionary ladder. They're only a run down from us. Hmm.
0: We then get the various different shows on pay TV. So, NBC Newsfeed. Feed, um, he throws mm. up during the news break. Could have done without the bulimia,
1: in all honesty. That was not necessarily something that amused me all that much.
0: <laughs> I didn't really laugh at it, but it wasn't really offended by it. And as someone who actually has suffered bulimia, you would, have, you would expect me to be offended by it. But I wasn't because I just know that that actually happens a lot. But it just didn't yeah. need to be done, as you said. It didn't didn't okay. add anything to the show. Hmm. So Lisa then enters, but, <laughs> and they uh, introduce Lisa's I uh, introduced the uh, Japanese friends, which, as I said, thought was a spot on parody. I really enjoyed it. Call me racist. Something that, <laughs> no, no, something that did work. You
1: know, reggae hairstyle, rock and roll. <laughs> yeah.
0: Could I be any more Japanese? Yeah, Emperor
1: of Last Years a good burn in any language. As Japanese Chandler points out, you'll come back shame to me. Hey, Lisa, want to try some satellite TV? We've got Japanese friends.
0: Do you like my new shirt? It says reggae hairstyle, rock and roll. Could I be more Japanese? You
1: are the emperor of last year.
0: Your comeback shames me. We then get the clock channel. I like this. Coming up, six (laughs) o'clock. Oh, I've already seen this one. (laughs) Lisa says you have to study for the elementary achievement test. And Bart says, no, no, we don't study on the weekend. It's Wednesday. Oh, kids, kids, kids. You're both right. <laughs> right. <laughs> then we get off the TV. Who wants to marry an internet billionaire? Millionaire. <laughs> yeah. And now he's broke. That's another
1: very early 2000s kind of thing. Oh, this internet thing. Don't know if that's going to last. Eh, bit of a
0: fad. So then we get Bart and Homer there, just cash potatoes. They've got the, Bart's got the chocolate all around his mouth. Looks like a fire I, I, shadow. I, a good visual gag. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. But Marge says, you know, why don't you come spend some time with us and eat some dessert? Just put pie here. <laughs> not that I cared whether this moment was in the episode or not, but it didn't really do much for me. I was like,
1: eh, whatever. We already, got, we already got the idea that you're couch potatoes and you don't want to get up even for dessert. Yeah, that's
0: actually a good point. The fact that I won't to get off the couch to have dessert, I'd actually see it that way. Okay, yeah, it makes more sense, but, yeah. Uh, but this episode was already running short, clearly, so they had to yes.
1: put as much as they could.
0: <laughs> but... Is uh, then sitting in Homer's stomach, using it as a couch, hmm. and we get the Robo Trumble. I mean, Robot Rumble Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see this. What a conniving robot!
1: Oh yeah, what the? Um, oh, pulling the um, pulling the Swifty. Yeah,
0: it's a it's a survivor move. It's a total <laughs> survivor move. <laughs> robot Survivor. I loved Robot Wars. When it was on back in the day. Did I never really watched, oh, it was great. I
1: never really watched it all that much. I was certainly aware of it, but never really watched it all that
0: oh, much. Oh, it was so good. Watching the, the, the despair and sadness on the children's faces when their robot just gets shredded up to a million pieces. You didn't tell me it was going to be children's despair. Now I'm going to have to look it up on YouTube. <laughs> and who was the main actor from Red Dwarf? He was the host of the... Of the oh, Ocean.
1: I want to say Craig
0: Charles. Okay. But everyone but knows who be, I mean. I could be completely wrong. But he was the host of the British version, which was the best version. And um, yeah, it was fantastic. Really, really good stuff. <laughs> so then we get homo the moment you mentioned earlier with the homicidal robots. That's good done without that. Lisa mm-hmm. says it's now time to, you know, they've obviously been watching TV all night because the test is today. It's, it's the morning. She's working on her bed. We're now at school. And whilst taking the test, Bart just loses his mind. It's fine. It was. It just it, by the end of it, just kind of felt like a thriller. Ah, uh, not thriller. Thriller. Filler, I thriller. should say. Yes. It wasn't yes. the thriller dance. <laughs> it was the. Hebrew <laughs> <dance>. <laughs> it was. It was the. It was the filler dance. Yes. Absolutely.
1: Yes. <laughs> the filler dance. It's the filler. <laughs> we, then, we then
0: get see even like MC Safety and the caution crew. Even that's filler. It is, isn't it? Yeah.
1: It's. It's. It's, it's not completely unhumorous, but at the same time, I'm not exactly going. Hey, remember, see, I've already forgot. Was it MC Caution and the Safety Crew or MC Safety and the Caution Crew? The, the latter. See, it's such an, a dull-ass gag that I forgot 50 seconds after you mentioned it or five seconds after you mentioned it.
0: Ugh. I did like Skinner's outdated, <laughs> watch out, Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually good. So Skinner calls Lisa up on stage and he's going to be announcing, well, he does announce that she is being moved up to the third grade because she got such a good score on the test. And- Correct. Bart gets annoyed by this because, for whatever reason, and he actually says something that's really cruel. She's not good. She had diarrhea in Carlsbad Caverns, and I was like, "It's kind of a dick move, Bart. That's a really embarrassing story. Why would you bring it up in front of everybody?" Yeah, not not the right thing to do. Big no. brother, don't be a douche. What, what? Why? Why did you do this? So that's not very nice at all. But also, then, why have all, we why have we had diarrhea mentioned uh, twice in two episodes? We have indeed, haven't we? Yeah. Mm. Diarrhea was obviously floating around the. Um, maybe someone in the writer's room had diarrhea that week and it was just on their minds. Write <laughs> what you know, kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bart then gets uh, gets slapped back in Bart's face, though, for making fun of Lisa because he's being moved down to the third grade.
1: <laughs>
0: I did like the pan out and Homer's watching it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was pretty good. That <laughs> was really good, yeah. An old army buddy is visiting Maddox. Now, I, I looked up Maddox. <laughs> And the story of that show being cancelled is actually quite sad, because the show was still successful when it got cancelled. Yeah, so why did they cancel it? So, it was something to do, I think it was ABC and CBS, it was two stations basically, and one station bought the rights to the reruns, whilst one station had the rights to the new episodes, right? Okay. And the station that was airing the new ones thought, well, if the other station is going to be airing the reruns, it's going to take away from the new episodes, people watching it, so we're going to cancel it.
1: Eh, Killing a golden goose. Yeah. The main reason I remember Mannix is because it, and our man George McMenemy will like this. It's what Brad Pitt is watching when he gets home uh in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Goes home to the um goes home to his trailer at the back of the drive in, ah. makes a nice batch of macaroni and cheese, pulls himself a dog, beer, yeah? feeds the dog, and uh puts his feet up and watches some Mannix. Da 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 da.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've never watched an episode of Mannix in my life, but now that I'm knowing that, because I don't remember that he's watching Mannix, it makes me want to watch Manix. I don't know where you'd find it. Probably YouTube is probably the only place you'd find episodes. Two words, you torrent. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of once upon a time in Hollywood, I went and bought the soundtrack on vinyl the other day. <gasps> Did you? Ah, It's a fine, fine album it is. It I'll certainly be- is, yeah. It's just something about just even the aesthetic of the poster. It's just, it, everything about that movie is awesome. It's just, Tarantino did such a great job of just capturing the vibe of that era. It sure is. I just finished reading his novelization
1: of it. Yeah. Did he actually write that book? He did. Awesome. He did. Yeah. And it's it's very different. Well, not very different, but quite different to the film.
0: Really? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. it's available in audiobook form as well. I'm pretty sure George McMenemy, the patron you mentioned earlier, he's listening to it, I think, at the moment. Yes. It's read by
1: the awesome actor Jennifer Jason Leigh, co-star of Tarantino's Hate for Late. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm almost inclined to check that out myself. But, yeah, the book is fantastic. If you're a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood fan, Guy says, check it out. And Dando says, check out the soundtrack album. So,
0: there you go. You're covered. Bart and Lisa are now in Mrs. McConnell's classroom, and we get the intro to the class. (laughs) And you wanted to discuss her references to Hoover and Krabubble. Oh, not really discuss, but, uh, I mean... It's weird, though, a bit of a double
1: standard. I've got no problem with... uh, Is it Miss Hoover or Mrs. Hoover? But, you know, being referred to as... Miss Hoover,
0: yeah. As Bart says in a later episode, when he sleeps with her, now I know why they call you Miss Hoover.
1: (laughs) Oh, good Lord.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh my.
1: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um, Okay, now... Let's let's turn the the heat down a little bit. I'm about to say, the (laughs) slut gag doesn't seem half as bad now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but for some reason, I didn't mind that drinky, drinky motion, but the (coughs) slut (laughs) kind of get, uh, I know, slut seems like such a
0: loaded word these days. So she makes Lisa sit closer to Bart because Bart gets the question right and Lisa gets it wrong. It's a trick question about the whole rooster thing. I thought that was actually really good.
1: There's a lot of, well, there's not a lot, but there were a few bits in this episode where it's like, okay, I guess Bart is relying on previous knowledge and all that kind of stuff but you know he's got his mnemonics and he's you know and he he got nailed that trick question yeah he's got he's got a legit system going on props to Bart for that in in that regard
0: I actually didn't mind the whole Bart versus Lisa dynamic when it came to this I I like the fact that Bart was trying to help Lisa and she's like no I don't want your help I don't want your help Mm. it just felt very true to the characters Bart was helping Lisa but doing so in almost like a taunting way. Like, well, I know the (laughs) answer and you don't. She's like, leave me alone.
1: (laughs) Quiet nerds burp only near school. Bard, I'm doing my geography homework. I know. That's how you remember the four original provinces of Canada. Quebec, New Brunswick, Ontario, Nova Scotia. Quiet nerds burp only near school. And here's how you remember the principal exports. Dogs eat barf solely on Wednesday, Mabel.
0: Stop! I want to learn on my own. And that's another cool thing that I liked. that Bart's brain actually works similar to how my brain works. Everyone has their own ways of remembering things and you need to work it out. And Bart's way is to create funny little lines yeah. like this and it helps him to remember hmm. stuff. That's yeah. not how Lisa's brain works, but it still works. Uh, I guess Bart, see, Bart Bart's a kid who, if he applied himself, he probably could do well because he's actually a smart kid. He just doesn't try. That's the problem with yeah. Bart. As he proves in this episode, if he made an effort, he'd actually do quite well. Yeah, whatever gets
1: you to your destination.
0: Yeah. yeah. But Lisa just cannot handle accepting mm-hmm. help from Bart. She refuses it. She just doesn't want it at all. And in doing so, she gets an A minus. And Bart yeah, gets yeah. an A.
1: <laughs> Which then is upgraded to an A plus because of yes. uh,
0: what? Because she's crying? Sobbing yeah. only pushes Bart's grade higher. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs- M- <laughs> Gotta say it. Mrs. McConnell's kind of a bitch. <laughs> she is a bitch, but I've heard people are really annoyed by that line. But I thought, could you not? Visualize or hear Mrs. K saying the exact same thing. I oh thought. yeah, yeah. Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. K takes great joy in failing the children, <laughs> as much as we love her. So yeah. they're now leaving for their field trip. Did you hear Otto here? Puke is in the, is the in back. Puke is <laughs> in back. It's now time for the fanny bags. They were a thing for a while. I remember in primary school. A few kids wearing these fanny packs. I fa- I thankfully never succumbed to it. Did you? You actually said you used to wear a fanny pack, right? Was that you? I don't think I ever wore a fanny pack in my life. Oh no! Mm. I'll tell you something. You
1: could have sworn you nearly, said you did. N- nearly ten years ago, mm. I was going on a work trip to Italy, and it was wow. I was going to Florence. It was pretty. It was the it was the last one of my entertainment journalism junkets. The last one I ever went on. Went was that to Florence? Was that expenses paid? It was.
0: Wow, we fuck! It was yeah, it was, the, it was
1: the sweet it was the sweetest gig, man. It was such a good time the the two thousands to the early twenty tens. I think I did maybe five or six overseas trips, mostly to America, one to Africa, and and this last one
0: to uh, to Italy. For what reason? What were you doing over there?
1: That's a, do you have you ever ever heard of a show called Da Vinci's Demons? No, not not many people have. I think it lasted maybe one season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was sort of refashioning Leonardo da Vinci as a bit of a Renaissance era detective um, action man kind of deal. It had one or two familiar faces in it, all this kind of business. But it was filmed in Florence, and showing on Foxtel here. And I was writing this TV guide that was syndicated a lot around Australia, so I had good regional reach. And one of my friends at the uh, the one of the channels said. All right, there's this international junket. you got journalists coming from all over the world. I can take two Australian journalists. Uh, I want you and this other guy from, you know, the Metropolitan newspapers. I'm like, yeah, sweet, no worries. Um, They flew me to Italy, business class, put me up at a lovely hotel for a few days. And yeah, we got to swan around Florence. And I think, you know, we probably did like six hours work in three days. Really, the rest of the time was just walking around uh, checking out Italy. It was that's a unbelievable. It, it was a it was a damn
0: fine time to be alive, Dan. <laughs> Slight sidebar, quick question. Yes. At what point did you realize your career was f- not not fucked, but the the way your career worked was in trouble?
1: Um, hmm, that's a good question because this this tour or this trip happened in 2013, and the people that I was writing for that I the main reason that I got these gigs. Yep, they sh- they shit can be in twenty sixteen.
0: Okay, that's not just because you specifically were fired because of your your no. of your writing. It's because that position just was no longer required. Yeah, the, they had someone who they already had on staff,
1: who would do double the work for the one job or for the one wage. So they they said, oh well, look, we we've crunched the numbers and you know we can't make it work with the two of you. This person's already on staff um so we're letting you go and i'm like eh,
0: okay yeah that's the way it is i guess I, I was more sort of implying though like when did you realize that your formal journalism was sort of becoming not redundant but it was just people didn't have to find these people to get a review anymore no that was the that was kind of the turning point it, was, was, it a, was in okay, the yeah it was in the
1: mid-2010s when i was thinking mm, might want to think about not another line of work but i to
0: start, start a simpsons podcast soon might be a good idea,
1: <laughs> but anyway, the gist of that thing was I was going to Florence for a few days, and I thought, well, I'll tack. I've never been to Rome, and mm. I'd love to go to Rome, so I'll tack a couple of days onto the trip. Um, and my sister Joanne, who's a bit of a seasoned world traveler, said, "Oh, lots of pickpockets and, and muggers in Rome. I was what going you to ask, have, yeah, yeah. What you should have is like a little not a, not a fanny pack, but uh, like one of those money belts you see that um, yep. yeah, yeah. smugglers wear." <laughs> said you know you have it around your waist under your shirt and all that and you know you have your passport and your money in that you know so if he, if they take your wallet well they've still, they you've still got something left and I'm like okay a yeah, good idea good idea I think I had my stuff in it and <laughs> look I I never felt unsafe at any time in Rome so that, that's the, that's just so but no fanny pack no
0: but I did have my little money belt well I'm glad that, that question results in you telling us the story about Rome. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, no fanny packs, but fucking all expenses paid trips to Italy. You know it. That 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 is correct. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, uh, sorry. It, it went That story went on a bit. I think that might
0: be for the unedited version for the patrons. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. They so get buddied up, Bart and Lisa do, together. And they're not fans of this. But then we get... Uh, Tony Bennett's Capital City theme. This is all mm. the way from Dance and Homer, I believe, when they go to Capital ah. City when he becomes the mascot for the um, Capital City team. There's just something mm. about hearing that theme, hearing that song that it was just gave me all the nostalgia vibes. It was like, oh, it's season two Simpsons all over again. Oh, this Absolutely, is fun uh, fact. Uh, hearing that and then seeing Governor Bailey, I was like, wow, it's season two. <laughs> Fun fact: Tony Bennett, the singer
1: of the Capital City Thong uh, song, has in fact officially retired from show business. Oh, um, shame, but good on him. Oh, the man is somewhere in his nineties. So, oh I think shit, he's really a, that old? I suppose it uh, was
0: old. It was old in like season two of The Simpsons. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like Margaret Davis old. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the kids, or oh Bart and Lisa, explain Punch Buggy to all the rest of the kids, and <laughs> they, they belt them up. What I liked about this was that. This is a game that the second graders probably don't know about. And the third graders don't even know about. But it's Bart's mm. influence on Lisa. Because of Bart, she knows the game. And they are yeah. bad influence on the rest of the kids in third grade. And because they <laughs> drive back, drive past the Volkswagen world, they all start punching each other. Ow, even, ow. even Otto. Two for flinching. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> uh, and then two holding for hands to cross the road. And this is the moment you discussed earlier with the jocks making fun of them. Which to me, <laughs> I just sort of thought, okay. It didn't. I, I thought it was going to end up with Bart saying, it's my sister, and them going, oh, well, yeah, and driving off, but no, yeah. they just, just made fun of them <laughs> twice. <Yeah. laughs> we then go to the... um, Where do they go? What is the place? House it's of just, Representatives. Is it? House of Representatives, that's what it is. Okay, yeah, because they yeah. look at the capital city, like the dome at the top, and they, they talk about the pot-bellied sparrow eating the bowtie pasta. Then we get the capital city goofball, who was now the representative for the state. He spent $80 million of his own money to become this... Representative, and he yep, wants to but- change the flag,
1: doesn't he? He does indeed. Do- this was going to be one of my questions, by the way. Mm-hmm. How much did uh, the goofball spend to earn he- to win his place in the House of Reps? Eighty million. So you would have got that one correct as well,
0: Dana. Good me. There's no stopping you. Being a mascot's a pretty good gig in uh, the world of The Simpsons. <gasps> Absolutely gone. Eighty. 80- wait. Yeah. wait What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just did the sums on that. Eighty million
1: dollars. <laughs> what? Eighty
0: million dollars to be the capital city goofball. Oh, to be the representative, yeah. Crazy. Ooh. But, hey, man's good at his job. Indeed. He's a capital city goofball. Not- <laughs> he wants to change the flag for what reason, Mr. Davis?
1: Why is that reason,
0: Mr. Davis? It's got, conf- you it's got, it's got the Confederate flag on there, which is confusing, oh. considering they're a northern state. <laughs> oh, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they then suggest, or Mrs. What's her name? McConnell suggests, that. okay, I've got an idea. Let's do a new flag contest. And we'll mm. announce the winners tomorrow. We'll reveal them tomorrow and decide a winner. So we're then in the hotel room. Lisa is chained away. I've got here. What third grade trip just has third graders just hanging out in a hotel room by themselves? It's bad to say. We had school camp at fucking Staunton Vale in Anarchy. We, we didn't get <laughs> trips to the hotel yeah. in Capital City. Yeah. What, what was it? A 2 st- Two and a half star Sheraton or something, or two star Star Sheraton? It was a a hotel nonetheless, but yeah, Lisa's chatting to Marge. This was very Marge. They even give you a free USA Today. Yes, it is free. Fine, I won't (laughs) touch it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bart's being his usual jerky self, but Mom, I'm really excited about this new flag design. Oh, and the hotel gives you a free USA Today outside your room. No, I'm sure it's free. Okay, I won't touch it. Well,
1: make sure you don't. And try not to let your brother get under your skin, honey.
0: Believe me, he doesn't.
1: His act is getting old fast. He thinks he's really cool. But frankly, the other kids are starting to wake up and smell the cooties. A couple of good lines in there. I like to wake up and smell the cooties. And I like Bart's uh, rejoinder when he's talking about
0: vandalizing their flag. He's saying, it's going to be a Bart mangled banner. Yes. I'm pretty sure there's an episode called Bart Mangled Banner or something along those lines in a future Ooh. episode. Yeah. But so we get to the revenge here. So she's made the flag that says to fraternal love. And he, of course, changes it eventually to learn to fart, which we see once Governor <laughs> Bailey unfails it. I'll just unfurl this. Ah, 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 ah. Ah. Oh, that was my worst unfurling ever. And I do love the laugh, as you said earlier, and they just keep yeah, replaying the, it over and over again. It's hilarious. Yeah, the cry, the cry scream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't mention Nelson before. So Nelson was in the classroom. Oh, yeah. And then he appears here. I, first of all, I watched this, I went, well, that's kind of stupid. But then I went, you know what? That would probably also fly in like season four. It would, it's just yeah. a silly random thing. doesn't have to make mm. sense. It's funny. And everyone likes, every, everyone likes, ha, <laughs> ha. Yeah, Exactly. We come back. Lisa was very annoyed at Bart for doing what he did. I, I thought in the last act of this episode, Bart just gets immature for the sake of immature. Mm. There was, you know, he goes, "You should have seen your face. It looked like this." And then it had a, he's drawn a picture of Lisa. I was like, oh, "Really? <laughs> okay." So well, pushes- let's not forget he, he is a he is a fourth grader. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he pushes, <laughs> but she pushes Bart down the hill. They will roll down. They watch the bus leave, despite the foolproof buddy system. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. I thought, though, that... So the ad break for this episode was when Nelson is in the Governor Bailey's office and he says, I biked you. That's when it cuts to commercial. I thought, okay. the better, I thought the better cut to commercial would have been when they see the bus leave. I agree with you. Yeah, that would make the most sense. But that's not how... Well, that's not when it faded to black anyway. So you, you think that's hmm. when it should have been. So they've been left behind. And if you forget the fact that they could have simply just walked back up that slightly steep hill and gone yeah. to safety just forget that happened you can actually enjoy the rest of the episode to an extent so Bart's mm. making fun of Lisa <laughs> for being left behind you've been left behind too you idiot this here was actually pretty good so we're going to circle around like the Blair Witch Project <laughs> comes back <laughs> must be must be getting close I know that girl so <laughs> then Bart is being a dick just for the sake of being a dick you know I've read a book once changed my life it was called Lisa is Stupid I was like that's not even funny that's just no <laughs> Yeah, this is just feels like filler now, but they 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 run off together. Lisa's chasing after Bart to to get into him. Mrs. McConnell meanwhile is with Skinner, and she's really upset. She can't believe she left the uh, left the kids behind. Can't believe the buddy system failed. Yep. Willie <laughs> mm, really chisels the names into the field trip memorial. Hello, Principal Skinner. A parent who waves a right to Zeus says, "What? What? Got it.
1: Uh, you can't fool us. We're from the learn to fart state."
0: <laughs> Not sure whether that actually works in legal terms.
1: Would no, it? I don't think that's a proper legal defense. <laughs>
0: no, of course not. So he explains they're going to do all they can to find Lisa, use all their resources. Meanwhile, here's the replacement for Bart, and it's Milhouse. Same cowabunga. We are now with Bart and Lisa. It's overnight, and they're cold and sleeping in the forest. We get the nice music cue here of Bart putting the blanket over Lisa. It turns out to be the flag, yeah. which at least he's doing something. But sure. it just feels weird. Like You've been being, you're being a dick to her this whole time, and now you're being nice. It just feels didn't really work for me. Hmm. That I know it worked, for example, episode, episodes like Lisa on Ice, you had them hating each other and all of a sudden them liking each other. Yeah, But that was because they had that flashback montage and things like that. Where here it was like, okay, so for the last five minutes, Bart's been a, an immature jerk to Lisa. Hmm. But I guess at the end of the day, he is her brother and he still loves her.
1: But you either need to convey that in a funny way or in a more heartwarming way. This was just very matter of fact. For her to say, like, you're my big brother, you should act like it. I mean, that's actually not a bad line, but it needs to be surrounded or cushioned by, yeah, either something a bit more tender or something a bit funnier. That's that's my thoughts on it anyway.
0: They start apologising to each other, and Bart's obviously done a lot more things than what Lisa has. Homer and Marge are now in Capital City with Mackie at the the spot where they went missing. Marge finds the plastic... Coaching from Bart's shoelace because a mother knows. And believe me, they they do know. They do know. (laughs) I really like this next bit. Bart, is that you? No. (laughs) Some hobo in the bush. Bart and Lisa are then woken up by hillbillies in the forest.
1: (gasps) Say your prayers. Oh, Lord, please strike these mountain folk dead. Bart, listen, we're really sorry. We got lost on a field trip from Springfield Elementary. Lost on a field trip? Heck, why would you say so? That's how Grandpappy wound up in these parts.
0: They was taking us to Capital City to see the Nutcracker, and I wandered away from the group, married a bear, and I started up a family. I told you I ain't a
1: bear. <laughs> rawr, rawr, rawr. <laughs> no one understands you, she-bear. <laughs>
0: And then drive them back to the city because they're going to go back there to pick up the, the latest spy magazine. But unfortunately, it's not existent anymore. He's sad about that. Shame. That spy magazine was actually pretty funny. <laughs> what was spy Ma- magazine? Uh, it's kind of a...
1: <laughs> almost like mad magazine for adults. It didn't really have... It was
0: like You don't, all you don't think mad magazine was for adults? Okay.
1: <laughs> mad magazine for adults. <laughs> it was sort of satire and parody. Okay. um very very american and very sort of new yorky but uh I, I bought a few episodes and yeah got a lot a lot of laughs out of it but that was a, a, that's when i was a pretentious young 20 something the guy in the photograph that's the guy who was reading spy oh, yeah. magazine
0: oh pay, listeners out there if you're not a in yet it's worth it just so you can get access to this photograph put up in the group yesterday uh, how I old found- were you at that
1: point 20? I reckon I was pro- uh, no, that's around twenty three or twenty four. You okay. can see my hairline starting to march back a little bit. He looks um, like Bruce Willis though. Uh, it's an old passport photo, I think, um, from the from the early nineties. I like to think it's my it's one of my uh,
0: Jason Bourne alter egos. He certainly would be a good match for Hans Gruber for sure. That man in that photo. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So the hillbillies are driving the kids back to safety. Marge is happy when they arrive, obviously. Maggie no longer has to replace them, so she throws a little skateboard and sacks in the bin. Mm-hmm. And we get the really rushed ending of Skinner saying everything has to return to normal, so Bart, you go back up, and Lisa, you can decide. I liked this, <laughs> giving Lisa the option. Big fish, big fish, big fish, because oh yeah, <laughs> some people say that's so un-Lisa, she likes to be challenged. I'm like, she also likes to be the best. Oh so, yeah, she's
1: got an ego on her, and I think she yeah, she definitely wants to be a big fish. So that makes a whole bunch of sense to me. Yep. Um, and look, it's it's also a bit of a uh, bit of a meta thing with uh, with uh, with Seymour saying nothing works better than the status quo. <laughs> like,
0: 100%, yeah, hundred okay. percent. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Give it, give, given yourself the uh, the escape hatch uh, reset. Good on
0: you. <laughs> it's like when you go to a restaurant, right? That you like, and there's a particular meal that you like. And you look at all the other stuff in the menu, but you always end up getting that one meal that you like because you know why? Because you know you like it and you're going to enjoy it.
1: 100% sir.
0: <laughs> Millhouse then comes in with the iCarumba. I love that the Skinner here that goes, that's just sad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and as per my notes here, yes, that was just sad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that is the episode Bart versus Lisa versus the third grade. Not the best by any margin, but I think season 14 so far has been a hit for me.
1: I haven't been completely disappointed by anything we've uh, explored no. in season fourteen so far. Look, this—it's this had its valleys, but it also had a few peaks. So, yep. uh, yeah, I'm not completely disappointed by uh, Bart versus Lisa versus the third grade. Got a couple of chuckles out of it. What more do you want out of life? What What more do you want
0: out of life, Dando? I just want chicken burgers, chicken tenders, and laughs. That's all I need.
1: Oh my god, that sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What do we learn, Palmer? All right, what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Because I've learned nothing so far. I've got to think of something. What have you got?
1: Likewise. I've, I've, I've got my yellow highlighter, which is usually what I've learned in this episode. And for some reason, I have highlighted Get Back Honky Cat and Jim Dandy Root Candy. <laughs> that's, so That's what you learned. <laughs> and I'm sure I was able to draw some correlation between those two. It's like, eh, okay, if you want to compliment something or express your appreciation for something, maybe say Jim Dandy Root Candy and not Get Back Honky Cat. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I've learnt there's I've learnt there's nothing wrong with being a big fish in a little pond. Absolutely the case. I mean, it's it's important to want to challenge yourself, but sometimes you just got to inflate your own ego, make yourself feel important. I think this is something we should we will probably discuss when we delve into the mailbag. Oh, okay. Well, on that note, let's get into the new names. <laughs> <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be.
1: Da, 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 da. It's time for the new names challenge.
0: All right, it is indeed the Guy Davis New Name Challenge. Before you read out this week's new names, I'm just going to read out the current leaderboard, Mr. Davis. So, Mm -hmm. so far this season, you've given out a shirtload of points. Uh, All on one point, we have Alistair Danik, Thalia Enriquez, Jared Hornby, and James Proctor. What was it? The Proctitioner? Is that what you called him? (laughs) The Proctologist? No, I think (laughs) Proctor Strange, I think, was his name. Proctor Strange, that's the one, Proctor Strange. Yeah, all on one point. (laughs) Two points to Nick Radipat Tat Patterson, <laughs> M. Kufos. What was M. Kufos' name? I can't remember. Um, I think I came up with
1: M dash, which is a gag that no That's one gets right. because it's just yes, yes. a. Yeah. <laughs> and Luke McKay. Oh, hang on. M.
0: Knight Shyamalyan Kufos. There we go. Luke McKay, two <laughs> points. Philip Hawkins and Declan Phoenix both on the three. So, what have we got this week?
1: Okay, one point. And in mm. keeping with previous new name challenges. Two people get one point each because it was just so good. One point goes to Luke, the jukebox, <laughs> McKay. I don't know. I'm, I'm scraping the bottle of memory here when it comes to nicknames, folks. <laughs> I'll come up with a better name for you, Luke, if you come up with uh, another new name in the future. Luke gave us scenes from a third-grade class struggle in Springfield. I like it. Shout out to um, a previous episode's title. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe this might be the first time I've mentioned this gentleman's name on the air. Uh, Matt Lewalt, a.k.a. Jack Rewalt. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's about as local as it gets. That's about, yeah. <laughs> Go- Google him, folks. Google him. Ba- Google as in
0: AFL player Jack Rewalt. <laughs>
1: that, that is correct. Gave us Grade 3's company.
0: Oh, that's really good. Man, that's, that's one point either. I'm looking forward to knowing what 2 and 3 is. Nora
1: Diet Coker. Uh, who, <laughs> is this still who, one point? No, this is two points. We're under two points. Oh, the, Nora, okay, so Nora's the
0: first two-pointer, yeah?
1: Nora is the first and only two-pointer. Oh, okay, good. End. Yep, Nora, yep. Yes. Uh, with flags of our fathers. Yeah, pretty good. Not bad. Well done. A, a shout-out and honourable mention to Fergus Jeffs, who also came up with that, but a little later on down the line. Nora got their first. Ooh, Nora but you gets see, the two but points.
0: But you see, last week you gave an extra point to the person... For for even no, though they did it late, are you not feeling generous this week? That was then. This is now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, Fergus, but Fergus, you're, a, <laughs> you're Fergus. You're a smart guy. You're a, you're a clever. You're a clever cookie. I'm pretty sure that you will be uh, on the leaderboard any day now.
0: We've still got like 20 episodes left this
1: season, so you got plenty of time, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Go to it, Jeffy. Uh, but three points. Mm. Go to Steve. Believe. Roberts. Ooh, Stevie believes he can fly. Roberts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, who gave us Close Encounters of the Third Grade?
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well played, that's Steve. A, Steve. I like that. That's it. a good that's one. A very good one.
1: Yeah. yeah. So there we go.
0: There we have it. All right. So I'm not going to read out all the names, but what that one point for Luke McKay did was well, that bumped him up to the three point top of the leaderboard. So. All on top of the leaderboard now, all on three points, we have Philip Hawkins, Declan Phoenix, Luke McKay, and Steve Roberts, all on three points. Obviously, Nora, M and Nick are all on two, and we have a bunch of one-pointers as well. So thank you, Mm -hmm. everybody, for contributing to the new names. Remember, guys, if you are listening here and you want to be a part of this, it's just going to be a $1 plus patron. You just go to the link in the yeah. description of this podcast, patreon.com slash four-finger discount, where you get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts, the Facebook group, prize draws, and much, much more. And it is the best way to support the show. We do appreciate everyone who does so, but we also just appreciate you just for listening. You're all absolute champions. But in saying that, let's move across now, Mr. Davis, to the mailbag. the mail, the mail is here! Ooh! Okay, so it is the mailbag for Bart versus Lisa versus the third grade. Okay, so first question here, Mr. Davis, comes from Henrik Vinterland. And he says, have you either of you, either of you, gone to the same school as your sibling? If so, do you have any fun stories? I remember abusing a child, verbally. <laughs> when I say Excuse a child, me? I mean, I was in year 12 and that person was in year 9. No, I was year 11, okay. she was year 9. My I my two- say- about how many good stories start with, I was abusing a child? <laughs> no, <right. laughs> I know, right. And she was constantly picking on my sister. Constantly, constantly. You know what kids are like? They just mm. they gang up on kids. And my sister wasn't getting beaten up, but I could see it was getting to the point where they were getting more aggressive and more aggressive and more aggressive. And I still remember, I remember it as clear as anything. And I shouldn't have said this, but I did because hey, it's my sister. You fucking my sister, yeah. you're fucking with me. You know, I don't care yeah. fucking who you are, right? And <laughs> she was there with her little fucking lackeys, and she had like the three that you know the stereotypical riffraff behind her. Holy and, shit, Dendo. <laughs> and she's standing there, and she—I could see she was about to grab my sister's hair, and I could see her about to lunge forward, and I got in between her and sort of like put, like bumped her. Like, I didn't push her over; just like got in between her, my sister, and I said, "I was like, saying, <laughs> you take one more step." And I'm gonna fuck you up and oh. all these all these kids fucking scattered <laughs> I remember get I remember getting called to the um to the principal's office saying, "Brendan, you're year eleven, you should know, better. I'm like, I know Diane, I know I should know better, <laughs> but, but it's my sister, and they're about to attack my sister, and when someone's about to attack my sister, I just you know. I see red, I see red, I see red. So I just went up and I just unleashed. I remember saying, I'm going to fuck you up. and (laughs) I'm just seeing all these kids just scatter. It was amazing.
1: (laughs) I just love that you turned into the Samuel L. Jackson of the the playground. (laughs) I'm going to fuck you up.
0: (laughs) But that is is a story of going to the same school as my sibling. (laughs) What about yourself? i didn't go to school with any of my siblings
1: oh okay fair enough there you go (laughs) so but i'm glad you had a good story because
0: i've got (laughs) because i got no story (laughs) okay so here's an interesting one andrew swan says what was your overall favorite year at school i think for me i have the fondest memories of grade six at primary school because that was the Mm -hmm. last year where i spent with my childhood friends because I went to a different high school to all of my friends, I grew up in the 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 poorer area of Geelong you could say like Nor Lane, and a lot of my friends just went to the local school, and my mum said, no no i 'm going to try and help you achieve something because you go to those schools you're probably going to end up like the rest of them so i 'm going to send you to Geelong High, which is by no means a prestigious school, but it 's away from here,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that was the school she went to as well, and she just wanted to sort of carry on that so I went to Geelong high so I was only one of two kids from my entire primary school that went to Geelong High. So, I had to establish a whole new group of friends. So, I think grade six was sort of like, it was the end of of my childhood. And it is the end of your childhood because it's sort of the same time you're becoming a teenager and whatnot. But I don't have many childhood friends anymore because I Hmm. left the world in grade Uh. six. But I have very fond memories of that was sort of like the grand hurrah, you know, of my childhood. So I think grade six was a good one for me. I also do still remember really enjoying year eleven at high school because year eleven, besides scaring little girls, I remember <laughs> it was just it was a time where you're old enough to know that school is important. You learnt that it's okay to be friends with your teachers, and by that point, we didn't really have cliques at school. Everyone was just friends. You know, mm. even if you weren't hanging out, everyone was pleasant with each other. Yeah. yeah, You had your occasional bullies that you just sort of avoided and whatnot, but for most of, the, most of the time, it was just the case of the footy jocks, the nerdy people, the in-betweeners. We all just hung out and we might kick the footy, we might have played down ball. It was yeah. almost like we were a family by that point. It was like you you would you hit that maturity level where you go, all right, guys, we're all here to try and do the best for ourselves. Let's fucking work mm. with each other here.
1: Very true, very true. I mean, yeah, I, I recall that sort of feeling in year 12, just particularly the sort of the last half of the year. Yeah, yeah. When, when you realise, oh, well, this whole thing is about to come to an end and then, you know, the real yep. world beckons and all that kind of business. So, hmm. yeah, your, your, your mentality kind of shifts a bit in that regard. But uh, it's funny you mentioned grade 6. That's one of the gears that I had down as one of my favourite years in school. Yep. Uh, that and form one year seven, the the year after that. I mean, I had, I had two great teachers in both of those years. Uh, and I really sort of felt myself coming into my own in terms of like what I was capable of and what I could be capable of uh,
0: as a result of their guidance and... Everyone has that one or two teachers that really changed the way you saw life and put you on the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And
1: I mean, the, the one I had in, in uh, year seven Mm. I think I've mentioned this in the past. Was the author John Marsden who wrote the you know? The, yeah, the, that's the right. Tom- that's crazy, isn't it? That's amazing. The Tomorrow series, yeah. And and was he famous at that point? He was obviously. Wouldn't no, no, he had He written, wasn't. He hadn't. He hadn't written any of these any of his books oh, at this stage. Wow, we. That's I, that's cool. I think I was still in school when he published his first one. I think I was in maybe year eleven in mm. fifth form. Uh, but at this stage, no, he was just a teacher. Now he was a very charismatic individual, and you know, had some sort of. He had long hair and crazy ideas. No. But yeah, he was um You know his name. He drove that blue car. <clears throat> <laughs> that drove that blue car. Um <laughs> But he's he's the kind of guy that you would go, oh yeah, he's the real teacher that changed your life, kind of deal. And look, he was to some degree. He was a very good teacher, and I'm I'm glad I had the time I had with him. But the guy I had in grade six was a guy named Mr. McKillop, who was very much sort of a straight down the line kind of teacher, not necessarily One you would consider all that memorable, but I just remember him being just a really good, straight up guy. He knew he was dealing with people who who were around 11 or 12. So he treated them of that age, the kid that you were. I mean, you're still essentially a child. Yes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, very gently ushering you into you're on the verge of teenagerhood here. So I'm going to treat you, I'm going to give you a little more responsibility, a little more respect. You know, as opposed to do this, do this, do this, Yeah, whatever. He was open to ideas and open to conversation.
0: He was a really, really good teacher and, yeah, one I'm glad I had. Well, the teacher I would like to acknowledge here, just in case he ever listens to this podcast, there was two actually. There's Mr. Walland, his name is Richard Walland, and I've tried to find him, I never could, but he was the guy who got me... He used to. He introduced me to music, right? He was the guy that was yeah. the the older guy who we didn't like. I think I've, I've mentioned him on the podcast before. As, as punishment, he'd walk around the um the schoolyard, and he was very big on recycling and stuff, right? And okay. at the time, you think he's just punishing you, and really, he's he's teaching you the values of picking up after yourself and recycling. Yeah. But he'd go, "Can you just pick up those ten papers for me?" And it's like, oh, So you'd see Mister Wall and you'd run away, right? But you would think <laughs> he was actually teaching you that you know. You don't throw rubbish on the ground, and now to this day, I know it gets drilled into you wherever you go. Don't don't litter. But I think he taught mm. you as a, at a young age: rubbish on the ground is not good. Don't do yeah. it. You know. Yeah, and
1: it's always great if you find someone at that particular formative phase. I mean, that that's when it becomes a lesson that sticks. Yep. I was fortunate to have teachers and and role models and authority figures who taught me some of those things, and I wish, you know, I'd paid better attention. I mean, I one of the things I sort of. Eh, not to get all sort of weepy or whiny about it, but I wish I had set good habits like that in place earlier. Yep. Right now at my advantage, I can kind of look and go, yeah, I really should be doing this. I wish I'd made it a habit as opposed to an aspiration. You know what I mean? Save,
0: saving money. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm, ter- look, I'm so- terrible with saving money.
1: Yeah. I mean, I and I try to sort of tell myself these things all the time. I mean, things, even just dumb little things like... Don't put it down, put it away. You know, yeah. like when like, like when you're in the kitchen, it's like just don't leave that shit on the shelf, put it back in the in the well, cupboard or put it back in one, the fridge. One thing,
0: <laughs> one thing Nicola taught me being moving in with Nicola was that she always puts the stuff cleans up before she eats. Mm. And now I always do. sometimes i just go to Nicola, "Look, I'm going to eat first cuz I'm really hungry." And like I'm like, I'm just warning you there's going to be a mess here. I will clean it though. But <laughs> 9 times out of 10 now, I will clean up before I eat. And once I finished eating, I get to the kitchen and go, oh, I'm just relax now. I don't have to clean <laughs> up anything. <eat." laughs> but the other teacher was uh, Mr. Deacon, uh, Mr. Deacon. Mr. mister Durkin, his name Steve Durkin. I'm actually friends with him on Facebook. But he was huh. the man, because I used to have, I used to be scared. I was a real scaredy cat. I didn't like sleeping over at friends' houses. I wouldn't stay on school camps. I think me, my, the fact that I wet the bed played a big role in that, but I didn't like sleeping mm-hmm. out. I had a real complex with it and that he then got me at the school assembly. I've mentioned on the podcast before, we used to sing songs at the school assemblies and stuff. And we Mm -hmm. used to project the lyrics up onto the big whiteboard at the assembly. And he assigned me the role of every Monday morning, getting the projector and putting the songs, and being in charge of the music and putting the lyrics up onto the whiteboard so the kids could sing along and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was my first exposure to being in front of an audience because it was was all eyes on me, you know. And I think because of Mr. Durkin, had he not entered my life, I don't think this podcast would have existed because I wouldn't have the passion to be entertaining people i wouldn't have the uh i wouldn't have the the ability to do it i would be too scared i I was i I would have been way too chicken i would have just gone no it's too hard it's too hard but he opened my eyes as to no if you just set your mind to it you're fine and he he always said to me he goes i always knew that you had a talent you just were too scared to use it and you know here we are now i'm not saying i'm talented but because of mr durkin i feel like he is the reason that we have four-figure discount one of the reasons anyway
1: Thank you, Mr. Dirk Durkin. Much obliged.
0: All right, so a couple (laughs) more questions and we'll wrap this one up. Andrew Pallicati says, if you had to come up with an original reality show idea, what would it be? I reckon this is something you'd be very excited to answer. Mr. Davis, take it away. I
1: I don't know how original an idea it is. In fact, it's ripping off (laughs) a uh, well-loved book and movie. I'd like to do like a non-lethal version of The Running Man, but not the Mm -hmm. movie. Not the, uh, not the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, uh, but the book by Richard Bachman, a.k.a. What's, Stephen what's King. What's the difference? I think the movie has – it basically puts Arnold and Arnold Schwarzenegger and a, and a few other people in basically like this gladiatorial pit yeah. or something, whereas the book is a bit more like The Fugitive. You know, you go on the run. Oh, okay. You're, you're sort of hiding out, from, you're hiding out from basically everyone because everyone's out to sort of snitch you out and get mm. a reward. Uh, so you have to put on disguises, you have to lie low, all that kind of business. And if you go thirty days without getting busted, no, oh, well, not even getting busted by getting killed because that's the thing of the running man. Um, then you. So, it's,
0: so it's, a, it's a big game of hide and seek. It's
1: essentially a big game of hide and seek on the run, and everyone is looking for you. <laughs> so it's John. It's John Wick. <laughs> yeah, that that's the yeah. It's the, it's the end of John Wick, or the, is it the end of John Wick or the start of John Wick Two or something? Uh, Anyway, uh, everyone's anyway, after yeah. you.
0: Everyone's after yeah. you I think it's the start of Job It Two, I think, yeah. Yeah. So I I reckon a, a version of that,
1: but non-lethal, um,
0: would be uh
1: would be pretty entertaining TV. And you've got to you've got to check in every day in the book as well. You've got to send in videotapes of like I feel like if you did that though, they'd be able to IP you and find where you are. I think I think uh, you know, today with um all our modern uh, all our modern ideas
0: and products, then yes, you'd be you'd be very easily busted. Here's a question for you: Would you watch Touch the Stove? Yes, I feel like you'd I, would. I feel would like watch it at least once just to see what happened. <laughs> <laughs> just, are they gonna touch the stove? Are, they, are they gonna, <laughs> gonna touch the stove? This motherfucker's gonna touch the stove. <laughs>
1: no, so they, they're not touching the stove. No, would, they would they you, never touch, would a you
0: sto- touch a stove for a million dollars?
1: How long would I have to keep it on the uh, on the
0: hot plate? Five seconds.
1: Okay, let's count it
0: out. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five. Mm. It's a long time. Your hands gonna be yeah, fucked
1: up. yeah. Your hands gonna be a real mess.
0: Yeah. Oh man. And your hands are pretty pretty necessary for day to day life.
1: They are indeed. I don't know. I don't know if I touch the stove.
0: Oh, this I, is, I don't. Not, I, I, here's a question to you, listeners. Would you touch the stove?
1: <laughs> yeah. Five five seconds for a million dollars, and it's 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 up to it's up to maximum heat. It's as hot as it can be. Yes, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm.
1: I'm learning a lot about myself this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would actually like to know, guys. Send in your questions or your answers to simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Please, if you do have questions, send them in. Simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. I would really love to hear what you have to say. Uh, And just even if it's not a question, it's just a a note about the show, what you like about it, what you don't like about it, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. If you're out there right now and you've never written in... Mm. Take, a time, take some time now and just do it. Simpsonsmailbag yeah. at gmail.com. We would honestly love to hear from each and every one of you. And we will reply to all of you. We do read all the emails that come through. All right. One more question and we're going to be finished here. Okay? Okay. One Husey. more question. Brian Hughes. Hughesy. Brian Hughes. All right. We've got a question. You guys suggested Brian Hughes. He says, would you rather be challenged or be a big fish? You've already answered this. Big fish. Big fish all the way
1: that's true. But uh, look, it's, I, it's do, definitely... I do,
0: But I do like to be challenged. I actually, it's the only kind of person who- I like the idea of just being a big fish in a small pond. But I get bored very easily if I'm not challenged. True. And you do need to be
1: challenged in life. It's how you become an even bigger fish.
0: The philosophies of Guy Davis.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but you do hear all these people all the time saying, oh, yeah, I thrive on challenge. Oh, yeah. Oh, hardship. And all that kind of stuff. Like, No, I don't think I want that. No. No, I think I'd prefer not to be challenged. But at the same time, it's necessary for your growth and evolution as a human being to be challenged every once in a while. But in all honesty, I think 80% of the time I would like to be the big
0: fish in the small pond. Alrighty, that is our review of Bart vs. Lisa versus The Third Grade. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts this week. Please continue to do so. We want to hit 500 reviews. We're on 486 as it currently stands. So I'd really love oh, wow. if just 14 of you, of all the thousands of people who listen to this show, all we need is 14 of you to just jump onto Apple Podcasts and get us above 500. Can you please do that for us this week, guys? If you haven't done do- it and you've got access to Apple Podcasts, do so. Just do it. It'll take 30 seconds. You don't have to leave a review. Do it. Just give us five stars. We'd really, really appreciate it. We want to hit that 500 mark. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FourFingerPod and follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount. And if you do enjoy the show, the best way to support it is by joining the Four Finger Discount family at patreon.com slash Discount, where it's for as little as $1 per month. I've mentioned this before. You get early access to various shows. You get access to exclusive podcasts. You can get access to the Facebook group, prize draws, Zoom chats of Guy Davis and myself, and much, much more. Mm. This month, we've done a review of Deep Space Homer. That's the exclusive one available for (laughs) patrons up at the moment. So if you want to hear Guy Davis's take on some of the more classic episodes like Deep Space Homer, uh, Homer the Heretic, I Love Lisa, and plenty of other classics from the golden era, just go to patreon.com slash four-figure discount. As I said, you get early access to not just this show, but also the South Park podcast, going down to South Park, the one about friends... Uh, talking Seinfeld, and much, much more. Movie reviews, we also did Sean of the Dead, Pulp Fiction review, you name it. There's just so many hours of exclusive content available on our Patreon page. But if you do not have the dollar dues do to do so, that is perfectly fine <laughs> as well. We just appreciate the fact that you continue to tune into the show each and every week. You guys are all absolute champions. All right, next week, Mr. Davis, we are reviewing an episode called Large Marge. Ooh. And she is not putting on weight. Mm. She's large in other areas. I'm very intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I remember really enjoying this one when I was younger. So let's see if I enjoy it as much now as a 32 year old married man with two kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next week is Large March. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. Absolute champions. Mr. Davis, any final words for those amazing listeners out there? Indeed,
1: you have been listening to Four Figure Discount brought to you by Dando and Guy, the emperors of last year. Shh. <laughs>